Good morning to each one of you on this wonderful fall morning, celebrating so much today. Please go ahead and take your seats. It's not every Sunday that we all get to gather like this, um, especially on a day like this. This is definitely no ordinary Sunday. It's really a special day to look back at what God has done and look forward to all that God will do in the future. So let's stand together. We're going to sing a song to start things off. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Good morning. Have I got a deal for you today? Five pastors for the price of one. And that is uh, three in this uh, section of our celebration today. And then uh, and then one in uh, in our main service, 75 years of God's wonderful works and his faithfulness. And I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot right now because I, I want to give time for these men uh, that have uh, have have uh, really rearranged their schedule to be with us this morning. We're going to be hearing from uh, Dr. Elwood McQuaid, Dr. Jim Alley, and Pastor Tim White uh, in this service, um, and then we'll be taking a break, uh, whatever time we we get done, and then uh, in the next service it, it will feel fairly normal. Dr. Scott Christmas is with us, uh, and he's going to be preaching to us uh, in that in that service. Psalm 100 um, and uh, and three says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits." And that's the focus here this morning. We're going to bless the Lord. And we're going to forget none of his of his benefits. I was listening to a message this past week that someone sent me on on this passage. And and this was the thought. The Lord, he promises, he says he's forgotten all of our sins. 
meaning he's, he, he holds them, he doesn't hold them against us. He's cast them as far as, as east is from the, west, from the west. He does not remember our sins. He does not count them against us. And what he asks of us is not to forget his benefits. He's forgotten our sins, and we're not to forget his benefits. And so we're going to do that this morning. Um, and I'm going to open in a word of prayer. And first up... Um, is uh, Dr. Elwood McQuaid. Um, what a dear, dear brother. I was teasing him before, before we started. He, he did such a tremendous job at our, uh, at our 50th anniversary over at TCS. Um, and I say he did, uh, did such a tremendous job. We're delighted to have him, uh, him here this morning. Um, and I, I asked him if we could go ahead and book him for the, for the 100th anniversary of Timberlake, if the Lord tarries. And uh, he laughed and he said, I, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to go to heaven. And I said, I'm with you, brother. Uh, I would like to celebrate the 100th anniversary of Timberlake in, in heaven with Jesus. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I absolutely would. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite Dr. McQuaid up. And then right after Dr. McQuaid, uh, our beloved Dr. Jim Alley um, is, is going to come and then Tim White afterwards. So I'm not going to come back up and introduce you guys uh, one at a time. So let me open us in prayer. Father, how wonderful, how kind you are to us. Um, you tell us in your word, you remind us, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Um, he is redeemed from the hand of the adversary, from the enemy. And so we are here this morning um, as the redeemed gathered in this local assembly, giving you thanks for what you have done. Um, Lord, focus our hearts and our minds and our attention on you. Um, help us to be filled with the joy of your salvation. Uh, help us to be filled with a desire to bring you great glory for whatever time you have given us as a body left on this earth. Uh, we are to work while it is day, and it is still day, but night is coming. So bless these men and bless our time together. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All I would ask for the hundredth, brother, is that you put a stair lift <laughs> there, might need it. I don't see a clock. You have an audacious amount of faith leaping into the abyss by scheduling five preachers at 15 minutes for a testimony. I wonder at that. Oh, we have a clock here. I need a clock. When we're doing this kind of business. Well, 75 years. Hard to believe, isn't it? Going by, I came here in 1962. Stripling of a lad. And uh, had wonderful years here. Um... I regret deeply, of course, that Maxine is not here today. Uh, I'll speak with her or for her. Um, she cherished the friendships and the years of ministry that we had here at Timberlake. In all the span of some 70 years that we ministered all together in various positions, uh, this was the one for her heart. And uh, I would also like to mention our dear friend, uh, Dr. Harold Wilmington, a great theologian, great man of God, great friend, and a man who was in the ministry, as I knew Harold, for all the right reasons. And we can't always say that, but we can certainly say it about Harold Wilmington. Well, at the 75th anniversary, I'm expected to say some nice things about you people. And uh, I'll leave it to the pastor to tell you the truth later. Uh, but that's a joke, of course. You get my age, you have to explain that I'm, I'm joking. Or people don't get it. They look at you in strange ways, 
and say, wonder what's wrong with him. Well, I know what's wrong with me, but... Well, what can I say? I find it in a scripture verse. And I'm going to read this passage to you. And then just say a few brief things. Uh, Philippians uh, 1, 3 through 7 says it all for me for today. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, here it comes. Just as it is right for me to think this of you, because I have you in my heart. You know, when I was a lad, you never told anybody you loved them. My parents never told the children that they, they loved us. I love you, honey. I love you. I love you. I love you. They didn't say that. They gave you a little pat on the head, and that was good enough. But now we say it all the time, rightly so. You folks, over all these years, I've never forgotten you. You are, and you remain, in my heart. And I want to tell you today that I love you, and I thank God for every remembrance of you. Uh, it was so much to me, and of course to Maxine. What, what, what can we say? Seventy-five years, uh, there are two things actually that are important, I think. Uh, one is, to celebrate what God has done and what He's doing, continuing to do here. Now, you think about it. Uh, a church started over across the street in a tent, and now this, and going forward from here on, the future. The school... And I'm amazed. The school began in 1965. It was the only Christian school in this region that begun during that time. Now, I don't hear it so much because I don't use Facebook. I hardly know what it is, but my daughter does. And we hear from graduates of Timberlake Christian School all over the world. And we just think about that and the beginnings and how it's gone on, how it's grown, the academic uh, accomplishments, achievements, and the service that's been ministered. Think of that. Think of uh, the missionaries and the ministers who've gone out from this church. And... Are still go we used to have, I don't know if it's still over there or not, we used to have a sign up that said that the sun never set on the ministries or the mission of Timberlake Baptist Church. That is something to be proud of. And if you want to use a more scriptural word, you pick one out. Uh, I'm going to be proud uh, of the fact that we, we have men, we've heard them. Uh, over the years. Um, so the second thing is, not only uh, what God has done and is continuing to do here, but those He used to do it. Now I'm stumped, because if I use one name, one name, then you want to hear 50 more. If you can't include anybody, don't include anybody. That's a pretty good rule of thumb, Pastor. Just remember, can't say something good about someone. Don't say anything. But if there are so many people who've done good things and can make contributions, 
Don't name them either. Not number one, because everybody say he didn't mention so-and-so. And so, you know, you won't get as much on your plate as you hope you would at dinner time. Uh, but the reason I say that is because every single person in these, well, we, I started to say pews, but in these chairs, that's acceptable, in these chairs, comfortable as they are, thankfully, good, good, um, has been touched by the life of someone here who has ministered to you here from this pulpit or from your life in times of distress, in times of joy, in times of confusion, in times of frustration, in times when you needed guidance, that person was here for you to help you through. That's what's important. No superstars. Everyone ministering to the other. And that's the joy of it. But I will mention some preachers. I hung out with preachers for a lot of years. I don't much hang with them anymore, and I'm glad I'm talking before Jim Alley gets up here to speak. I asked him if he, took, he would to please tell me what he was going to say so I could say it first, because <laughs> I'm the first guy up here. Uh, but, you know, I went to Bob Jones University, and they taught me what I know in many respects for ministry. Um, Dr. Bob had a saying that was very practical. He said, you don't have to be a smart person to be successful. You have to be smart enough to know that you're not smart. And also, then, because you're not smart, borrow the brains of people who are and use them, then you can be a success. Just borrow brains. That's uh, pretty good advice, I think. So when we chose preachers to come and minister here, we tried to choose the best men you could find. Uh, I'm remembering uh, Fred Brown, great friend of ours and great preacher. Uh Charles Ryrie ministered here several occasions. Um, Ian Thomas, a great English preacher. Great thing about English preachers is that what they say is irrelevant. It's so interesting how they say it <laughs> that you just want to hear them talk. Uh, Layman Strauss was a great minister here. Dr. Jimmy Johnson was a great friend as well as a minister here. Our own John Gamble, who's now with the Lord from Pennsylvania Avenue in Lynchburg. And then uh, Jay Sidlow Baxter. You remember Dr. Baxter? Um, he was a great, great English preacher. Actually, he was born in Australia. But uh, he came from England to us and lived in Santa Barbara, California, and then came two or three times here to minister. But he's a great preacher. And my distinction with Dr. Baxter, he taught me a great deal, and I appreciate his ministry deeply. I buried him twice. Now think about that. Um, I was uh, here one Wednesday night getting ready to speak. Somebody came gave me a bulletin and said, uh, I read it, Dr. Sidlow Baxter passed away in Madison, Wisconsin or Minnesota or some such, and he'll be buried so and so and so. I was a little dubious about that because he lived in Santa Barbara. He was from Britain. And I thought a minute, I thought, well, maybe I better not announce that tonight. Maybe I better wait. And so Monday morning, 
I called his home in Santa Barbara to talk to his wife, Ethel, and offer my condolences. First thing she said was, Oh, Elwood, glad to hear from you. I'll get Sid. Well, now, I had a little problem. What was I going to say to Sid? So we passed the time tensely for a few minutes, and then I told him why I was calling. (laughs) And he said in his inimitable English way of speaking, he said, Oh, Elwood, it sounds like a grave situation. (laughs) And... uh, then I buried him again. I wrote it. I was I, one of the, one of my books. I referred to Doctor the late Doctor Sidlow Baxter. I got a letter from his neighbor, and he said Sidlow really had a laugh when he read your book because you tried to bury him again. <laughs> well, he did live until he was ninety six years old, so, so he lived a long time, but. I've been thinking a a lot lately about this, about the word forever. Um, You know, I've been doing an upgrade of It Is No Dream, and uh, the promises of God to Israel forever, 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 forever. Now, the theologians who try and say that doesn't mean what it says, but God does say forever. And I thought of that in connection with this gathering here today and what I would say to you. And it's this. 75 years. Think about it. Every person who walked out of that tent flap across the road with faith in Jesus Christ that transformed his life. Every person over 75 years who has walked these aisles or gone into a counseling room or knelt beside their bed and accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is a trophy of God's grace for all of eternity. Forever and forever and forever. Don't ever minimize, and I know you don't do it here, the primacy of the local church. Because we are in the business of the eternal. And when you think about it, think about the people scattered around the world who came to Jesus Christ here and are alive forever and forever and forever and forever. So we are, in a very literal sense, in the business of eternity. What more could you say than that to rejoice in 75 years of ministry? Thank you for all of your contributions, love, concern, and expression of thanks, and whatever, whatever, whatever. I could go on forever, but I won't because I only had 15 minutes, and I probably used that up. I don't know. I hope hit somewhere close, but you can clean it up, Jim. Here he comes. Come on. I'll, no, I'll stay here till you get up. I don't know if you're going to make it up those steps or not. <laughs> I love this guy. I don't know why, but I do. No, I, uh, uh, as my pastoral time here, every chance I could, I would get that fellow here to uh, minister to us. Right there walks away a treasure trove of insights into the gospel of Christ across the world. And uh, thanks be to God for him. And 
when our daughter and son-in-law decided to, to uh, minister in Israel, believing in God's leadership in it, why, this is one of the first people I told. And uh, praise God for that. Well, now, this little slip uh, Pastor Brody gave me, and uh, it said 15 minutes. So uh, uh, I'm leaving here with my wife. Honey, stand up. A lot of people don't even know who you are. Uh, she's not my daughter. She's my wife. You know, I know it looks that way, but that's just the way it is. Uh, we leave here to uh, go over to Rustburg to the Methodist Church. And, uh, Pastor, they gave me 30 minutes. I don't know. You think maybe you think maybe I'm in the wrong denomination or something? Uh, I I don't know, but you pray for our ministry there. Their missions intensive, isn't that good? Praise God. When uh, uh, Mary Board and I were in seminary, you didn't know she went to seminary. She did. She made straight A's, so I made her quit before she uh, graduated. I, that embarrassed me because I didn't make straight A's. And, uh, but uh, Scott, I, I was I headed up the slow part of the class and. Uh, Anyway, we were fully intent, having graduated from pharmacy school and her being a med tech and uh, doing medical missions. So uh, when under Fred Brown's preaching, uh, we went to the, for the church and said, uh, uh, God, we believe God has called us to go further in the seminary and do some training. How much time did you take it? Oh, my goodness gracious, a lot. <laughs> anyway... Um, we we fully intend to do that, but uh, you know, man proposes, but God disposes, and uh, consequently, uh, step by step, God began to nudge us into the pastorate. I did not want that. That was the one thing I said when I when I left our uh, home in Memphis. It was not going to do, but uh, here we are, a few hundred years later, four churches where we've ministered, and uh, and, and and God's really been good to us. He had to be good to us for those people not to throw us out of any of those churches, but, but he did not. Now, Brother Elwood's been kind to you, and he's the good guy. You know this good cop, bad cop? Guess what? <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> but uh, God gave us 23 precious years here. He really did. Uh, actually, we started in May of 82. They didn't start paying us till June of 82, but there was work to be done. And uh, deacons to be fired and things like that, so uh, we had to we had to get on over here. Uh, <clears throat> they uh, uh, not not making any money for a month didn't mean a lot because most of our um, ministry years we have been under what the government calls the poverty level. But you know what? We never missed a meal, and John Alley uh, can testify to that. Incidentally, he used to be my son. Now I'm John Alley's father. That's. You know, things things have a way of changing <laughs> pretty quickly. But uh, God's steps led us here. And uh, it was a, a, a blessed time. Now, we can look back on a, the, the 92 building program. I guess that was the first building thing we were involved in uh, and added uh, some offices and classrooms and, 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 and did it very inexpensively. And And I might add, as you look around here, uh, this building was finished three months before I resigned, and we had uh, Brother Bill Pack, our deacon, as supervisor, uh, contractor, whatever else, and uh, we walked out of here and debt-free, and uh, left in, that, that was November of 04, left in uh, February of 05 to uh, begin missions work. The, the the church assured us of four years that they would cover all our mission expenses. And uh, after four years, they, they they didn't know what to do because they thought by four years we'd be 80, 72 years old and, and dead in the water. But uh, we just now stepped down from our Asian work. And so they had to uh, enthrone us as real missionaries or whatever you call it, Brother Elwood, uh, and we proceeded from there. But, it, but it, it's been a blessed time. While we were here, we, we did see the, the, the building of the second gymnasium over on Campus 2. Uh, one of the really blessed times, and uh, some of you will remember, uh, some of you don't remember your name, but some of you remember, uh, <clears throat> we were in debt. Elwood walked out of here, and we just had millions of dollars in debt, Elwood did. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't a little over $200,000 in bond debt. 
But I didn't like debt. I just, I hated debt. We'd been operating that way in our life and so forth, and uh, we got the church debt paid off. But what we did, well, we got agreement with the school board and the deacons, and we had a program called debt, D-E-B-T. And what it was, we were going to get the bonds immediately paid off, raise the money, get the bonds paid off, and that meant the money that went month by month into the bond program was a second raise that year for the teachers. It had that, that was part of the agreement, and so they got two raises that year. You know, that meant they went from $500 a year to $1,000 or something like that. But that, it was a blessed time, when, and, 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 and God was good in that. We uh, were allowed to see come through here uh, people who were mission-directed, and we sort of became the middleman mentor for them. They were already believers. Uh, I'm thinking about people like uh, Mark and Teresa, uh, Jacobson and Jeff and Jane Abbott and others who were uh, uh, committed, but we got to be the the blessed sending church for these people. And you know we can't take credit for that, but we can sure enjoy ministering. And I think I counted eight or nine couples like that. And then we had the misfortune of sending Woody Woodridge to China, and boy, that that just gave us trouble all along. I had good help here. I had. Uh, uh, the uh, head of, heading of the, the men in the school and the missions committee back and forth between Mike Cook and Dick Sand. Now, if you can get around them without losing your billfold, you're a better man than I am. I mean, th- these guys were good, and uh, they took a lot of pressure off of me. And you said not to mention names, but these rogues need to be mentioned. They, uh, uh, they the fact that they stayed out of jail. Uh, these were, these were wonderful, wonderful, uh, blessed times. And uh, <clears throat> as we as we move forward, then uh, we actually built this building right here for Sunday night attendance. We were doing two services over in uh, the, the the other the other auditorium, and uh, two services handled that okay. But this was built for uh, our Sunday night attendance. And uh, um, as I say, we finished it paid it off, and then they kicked me out of here and, and, and moved on to better things. But that was, that was a blessing. But, brothers and sisters, let me, let me direct your attention back to something. When I came here, this impressed me, and that's that picture, that tent across the street. Timberlake Baptist Church didn't even start with a tent. It started before the tent. I mean, it wasn't a church yet, but lay believers from... Methodist, Baptist, and Presbyterian background in the city came out here. You have to understand, this was isolated. This was a different area of the world. And began to knock on doors and began to win people to Christ. And then they began to meet in the tent. And I don't know exactly how that, where that started, but out of that tent, over there where the Walgreens is right now, where that tent there's where Timberlake Baptist Church started. Now, why am I saying all that? I'm saying all that because it began with evangelism. It began with, here's an old old Bob Jones, uh, Tennessee Temple word, soul winning. You haven't heard that one in a while, have you? Soul winning. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and I, I get to studying this. And, and I believe in education. I got a little education one time at Tennessee Temple Seminary, University of Tennessee. And the fact is, they said I was in the honor society. And I've never figured that one out, but that's okay. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm studying the three synoptic gospels. I ran across something that uh, I, had, I just hadn't seen before. The very beginning of Jesus' ministry with his few that were going to eventually be the apostles of Jesus Christ. Didn't begin with uh, learning the Greek language. It's not a bad idea since that was floating around there. Didn't begin with uh, something. Began with this statement. I will make you fishers of men. And brothers and sisters, from there... Jesus began to build in the Sermon on the Mount, the uh, um, seed, soil, and sower, and all of this teaching undergirding the fact that these men and the people who started the tent and the people who were here when Allie first came here and the people here now had a 
primary, a priority commission to make disciples. And disciples become disciples by first winning them to Jesus Christ. And uh, we are challenged with that today. Now, immediately when Baptists hear this, they say, well, I don't believe in collaring people. Well, don't do it then. You shouldn't do it. I don't either. Not the way to go. Not the way to go. I, I was out at uh, uh, Kroger the other day. Forgive me for mentioning that name. But, uh, um, you know, we had about eight different Kroger leaders, managers that have come through this ministry. Uh, we have uh, one senator. She's sitting back here right now. And uh must be a pretty good place. Randy Ellis is one of them. And uh, he just came through some surgery, I understand. But... Uh, I was in there, and here comes this woman. Work. She's a she's a she's a Krogerite, you know. That, that's her religion. She's a Krogerite, and but she definitely was ethnically different from me. And I said, "Where are you from?" That's uh, that's uh, Tennessee redneck for what's your ethnic background? And uh, she says, "India." I said, "Oh, where?" Delhi. Oh, I've ministered and been to Delhi. I'd been north of there in the state of Hyurana, and. Uh, uh, she says, oh, I said, teaching the Bible. I says, uh, you know, you ever, you ever read the Bible? Oh, well, I'm, I'm Hindu. I said, I know that, but, uh, have you ever thought about Jesus? Well, no. I said, and that's all I could do. Start giving some thought to this man, Jesus. And I said, I had to leave it there. Now, brothers and sisters, that may be all you can do, but you can do it. It can be done by you and me. Day by day by day, and when you leave in the morning, God prepare me for that person that I want to encounter. Now, uh, Lori Horton's over here, and we ministered with her for a week or so in Delhi. And uh, wave at us, Lori. God love you. Uh, what a great coffee house ministry. If there's any place God ever calls me in the next uh, life, I hope it's a coffee house. And uh, a fellow there named Jason. He went to the university, 20,000 people in that university, and he was in a house church meeting when I was preaching for, for a brother named Homer. That's against the law. We did it anyway. And uh, he came out, and he ran up there, and he said, preacher, he says, uh, he didn't say preacher, whatever he said. He says, I've been studying the world religions. I said, time out. I said, Jason, and I looked right straight at him. Your problem is not knowing about world religion. Your problem is you hate Jesus. Boy, don't you love that? But it's true. You'll love one and hate the other, hate one and love the other. And I said, and when you find out what he's done for you and who he is, and, 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 and you can receive him, your life will change. Well, I got word from Laura about a week from then. Jason came to faith in Christ. Oh, uh, oh, listen, it's exciting. It's, of all the things I get to do, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. I'm thinking about going 20 more minutes. But uh, <clears throat> there's nothing that I enjoy more than being a part of God in Christ through the Holy Spirit, bringing someone like Ron Halstead uh, to faith in Jesus Christ and just letting me be there when it happens. I don't do it, and you don't do it, but it's our privilege and then one more thing, and I'll close. My wife's back there waving a red flag. She's, uh, she's already embarrassed. And, uh, uh, but <clears throat> when we were in Vietnam all those years, or we were in China all those years, and Vietnam definitely a better country than China, Brother Woody. Uh, uh, <clears throat> when we were working in Israel with our daughter, when we were in Cambodia with the Rupals, we made it very clear in every place, every place, that Friends, we are not here doing you a favor. And I just saw Emma back there, and God gave us some blessed times in Australia, too. And about 25 times in Cuernavaca, Mexico. And you know, he, don't know, I won't try, I won't go there. We tell them this. We don't do you a favor. God does us a favor by allowing us to come and minister with you.
Well, now that we've heard from Methuselah and Moses, <laughs> happy anniversary, Timberlake. Seventy-five years. Praise God for that. Sherry and I are here to celebrate with you this morning and just so honored. Listen, after those two, you have taken a serious step down with this next guy. We are honored to be here this morning to celebrate with you. Because the Lord has allowed us to be part of this church for 31 of those 75 years. Now, I know that for someone like Martha Robertson, who grew up with this church, that's a small time. But in my life, that's a long time. You are a major, significant, majority part of this guy's life. And that's why I'm overflowing with joy to be here to celebrate and to praise God for you on behalf of me and my sweet wife, Sherry, our three children. Can I just say thank you? Praise God for you. You know, the Lord allowed us over those years to be with you in three capacities. Three capacities. First of all, as members. Secondly, as one of your pastors, and then now, thirdly, as one of your partners in the gospel. And so as I was thinking about sharing this morning, I thought, well, what text would capture that most brilliantly? And being third guy in this chain, I was afraid that I might choose one that someone might choose before me. But now that I know... Elwood McQuaid chose the same text that I did. And they say, great minds think alike. Would you please turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1 and let me read this text again. Because like Dr. McQuaid, I feel about you the way Paul felt about the church at Philippi. Philippians chapter 1. And just as Dr. McQuaid said this flowed out of his heart, I'm sure Pastor Alley would hear this as God's word through the Apostle Paul, but very much communicating my heart for you as a church. Philippians 1, 3 through 7. I thank my God. In all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And it's right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace. You know why I chose that this morning? Because Paul said he's full of gratitude and affection for them, and that's how I feel about you. Gratitude and affection, love and joy. I notice that Paul expresses confidence and praise to God for his work in and through them. And this morning, I praise God for his work in and through this church. And then most importantly, did you notice how Paul emphasizes their partnership In the gospel, grace, and glory of Jesus Christ. Partnership in the gospel. Partnership in grace. And partnership for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we've experienced. 
Listen, all of us, haven't we experienced the gospel, grace, and glory of Jesus together? 75 years of it as a church. 31 for me, my wife, family, and you all together. Gospel, grace, and glory. First of all, we experience that as members here. Listen, we came here when Sherry and I were 20 years old. That means we grew up here. That means you grew us up. You reared us. We got to raise three kids here. And we didn't do it. We did it. You all loved us. You invested in me and my wife and Zach and Janie and Allie. And now, by the way, I have the joy of being Appa to two. That's the joy of my life right now. I grew up as a man here. I learned what it meant to be a, a man from my dad, but I became a man right here. And I did so under the influence of guys like Larry Brody and Gene Blair and Keto Cooper and Charlie Reed and Doug Elder and Ernie Robertson. They taught me what it looked like to be a man and not just a man, but a man of God who loves the Lord and loves his wife. I learned that here. I grew up as a Christian here. I was a Christian before I came here, but I grew here as a Christian. From my pastor, Jim Alley, I learned to love God's word more than I had ever loved it before. Didn't you? Every week that he stood and proclaimed God's word, we all loved God's word and took confidence in the solid rock of God's word more and more and more. And from my partner in ministry, Larry Brody, I learned to love people. Because I don't know anybody who loves people more or better than Larry Brody loves people. You know what I learned from you as a church? Something that I didn't have before I came here. I learned to love the nations. And I learned to love those nations by looking at that map. and By seeing the flags. And by meeting the missionaries who serve those nations, I learned to love all of the people of the world right here. Thank you for that. Partners together in the gospel. But not just as a member. We were partners because you allowed me to be one of your pastors. That is one of the honors of my life. Being able to serve the Lord by serving you. I got to do that for 20 years. And you put up with a lot <laughs> during those 20 years. I won't take time to tell stories about setting on dumpsters on fire. Or Pastor Brody used to have hair before I joined the staff. But you all allowed me to invest in students that are now all over the world. And that wasn't just me. Arm in arm with a whole teaching staff and a Sunday school staff and children's ministry staff and nursery staff. We locked arms and think, just think for a minute about the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of disciples that were made right here. Through children's and student ministry and through school ministry, man, that's a privilege partnering together in the gospel, grace and glory of Jesus. God's been doing that here for 75 years, and may he continue. Through every home, making disciples in every classroom. After student ministries, you allowed me to, my, uh, Sherry and I, my wife and I, to invest ourselves in young couples and young families. And that was, that was a joy. Just to, to help young families get their bearings in parenting and marriage. And one of the favorite things that I still reap the benefit of is all of the people that, that you allowed me to be involved in who are now in ministry around the country and some even around the world. Um, 
not just men, not just men as pastors, but pastors' wives and missionaries and missionaries' wives and etc. Christian workers, Christian school teachers all over the place. What a privilege to have a hand in that. What a privilege to have the opportunity together as a church to pour into mothers and fathers who are discipling their children. I mean, friends, let's not take this lightly. This is what God is doing through his church, and it's awesome to be part of, partners together. Not just as a member, not just as one of the pastors, but now, for the past six to eight years, as one of your partners, Many of you are well aware of the fact, some of you may be new to this, but do you know that you have had a significant hand in planting and sustaining a healthy gospel church in Winchester, Virginia? It's beautiful. Oh, it's small, but it is beautiful because it's a picture of the grace and glory and gospel of Jesus. And you've been part of that. In fact, you've been part of it mostly through your financial contributions. But I called our treasurer this morning while well, I texted him. And I, and I asked him, how many of our members give 6000 or more dollars a year faithfully? Because that's what you all give. He said, seven of our families give 6000 or more dollars a year. That means that you are one of the most significant contributors to Winchester Baptist Church, and you do it on a faithful basis. You're a member of our church. Thank you. Thank you. Friends, may we be faithful until the day of Jesus Christ. When our partnership in the gospel, grace, and glory of Jesus is fully realized. I love you. And I praise God for you. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm going to pray for us. And I want to encourage you. Uh, we'll take 15 minutes as we normally do between now and uh, the main service begins at 10:30. But if you haven't been able to walk the hall and look at some of the pictures, they actually took some of the, the photographs that we have in the archives and they blew them up to where you can you can see the tent and you can see the different phases of the of the church. And so I encourage you to go out in the hallway and take a look at that either now or uh, or uh, or in before you leave today. Um, so we're going to take 15 minutes. Um, then we'll come back. We'll have normal service time. Whenever we're done with that, you'll get, some, you'll get these instructions again. But at the end of that, uh, that time, uh, we're going to be going over to uh, the old sanctuary. Uh, and we've got a brief presentation for you there while they get this ready for us to, to be able to eat uh, and celebrate uh, together. But um, again, we'll give you some of those instructions when that time comes. Let's pray.